Welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Justin and I'm here with my dad Leonard and uh, today we uh, normally answer uh, questions that are sent in but we wanted to kind of take a break and uh, my dad and I've been talking quite a bit uh, here lately just about you know where we are in life and how we have uh, come this far living with the Lord uh, what it means to us and uh, we wanted to back up today because we realized that a lot of people, you know, they, they listen to, uh, of course, you know, years ago when you were pastoring, they listened to, you you know, in front of the church teaching the Bible all the time. Currently, uh, I am pastoring weekly, and so people hear me going now through the Word, just teaching. And I think it's really important sometimes for us, and I talked about this two weeks ago, I believe, at the church, it's really important that we look at our lives apart from religion, apart from what we're doing in a church or our association with a church. Uh, when you get to heaven, the first thing that's going to be asked isn't, so which church were you a part of? Um, it, you know what, you know, we always joke about St. Peter, but if he's there and asking or if it's the Lord, which I, I, I know the Lord, I, I think the joke is St. Peter, but... He, it's gonna. The question is going to be, do you know me? And which insinuates, what is your testimony? And I think uh, about First John, the first verse there, where he starts uh, writing, the Apostle John does, and he says, well, this is the this is Jesus. This is who we saw, who we we touched, we handled him, uh, the Word, the Lord. And he goes into his testimony, really, just saying, this is he who we walked with, and um, and we believed in him. And in the Gospels, it, it they give their testimony. And so I shared that in church two weeks ago, talking about the need for all of us. It's, it's not about church. It's not about religion. But there is a need for all of us to have our testimony, a story of we used to live in the world, and we used to live according to our own desires and all of that. And then there was a story of how we came to the Lord. And so when, just as we were talking about that, we decided, and it was just laid on our heart, we wanted to share um, you know, our own story of how we came to the Lord. Because my, my dad and I's um, journey to walking with the Lord and then you know, serving the Lord uh, is very different. And, um, and I'll also say this, you know, as we kind of start this uh, this session out that testimonies they're not so much about what we've done but about who we were and what Christ did it's what he did um, you know through your story or through mine so that's what we really want to convey here it's certainly not bragging at all it's just saying you know this is where we come from and and uh, and this is what the Lord can do and I guess the end result is if he can do this in my life, in your life, he can do this in anybody's life. That's um, right. So anyway, that's sort of the, the, the starting ground on where we're going to be today. And and uh, you said you wanted to share, uh, you know, first and just kind of back up and let everybody know uh, your story. Yeah, I guess it would fit chronologically better if I go first. And, Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
for sure, I have lived a very colorful life. That'd be one way of putting it. I had the privilege of growing up on one of the largest ranches in the whole state of Texas. Uh, largest in number of cattle, largest in acreage, and um, I had a very good life growing up. And uh, out in the open prairie grassland, uh, working cattle, uh, working with my dad, and lots of really, really good men. But one thing was totally missing in those days, uh, of course this would have been in the late 50s, the uh, 60s, the early 70s, and uh, totally different back then. If you went to church, you wore, you had to wear a suit and tie, and women had to wear a dress. You had to dress a certain way, and you had to sing a certain way. And, and my life was totally void of church. Um, like I said, a lot of good men that was around on the ranch, but very few Christian men. And I do praise the Lord that that changed drastically uh, along in the uh, late 80s and 90s in that same area. Uh, I'll get to that a little bit later, but um, I grew up with a knowledge that God was there. He's real. He's, uh, he's out there. He's around us. He's watching. And so I, I had a reverence. I had a, a sense of awe for him. Um, I guess it was from listening to Billy Graham on television occasionally that I acquired that. But um, several things really stand out. Uh, there was one man that uh, worked, uh, we called them day men back then. They just worked by the day during the cattle works. And this guy would stand about six foot four, wore like 17, 18 inch tall top boots and a great old big uh, felt hat. And, and he was an exceptionally good hand. And I really admired him as a, as a boy. I thought, wow, this is... This is, this is what life is all about. But then I got to know him a little more. And every time he'd get a pocket full of money, he'd go get drunk and stay down there in the bars and, and, and uh, Odessa until it was all gone, get in fights, end up in jail. And, and he'd end up out in Arizona, New Mexico, and he'd come back and work there at the Sea Ranch again. And... And I'd see him again, and but I grew to dislike who he was because of his lifestyle. I just thought it wasn't something I wanted to model myself after. But yet I admired the image. 
So um, through him and a number of other people, I, when I graduated from high school, I, I knew about all these different ranches all over the western United States, all the way from Mexico to Canada, big ranches that ran a chuck wagon and and uh, whenever they went to brand, they'd brand for 30 days or sometimes 45 days. And so I had collected their names and phone numbers, and I graduated. I, I took off. And basically for about three or more years, that's all I did was I'd just go from one ranch to the next to the next and had a wonderful time. I had my own high-top boots and big hat and big rattled spurs, and and I just enjoyed life. I just, But the, the common thing, I wasn't running into Christians. Um, ran into men who looked at life the same way I did, that God was out there, He's around, and but that he's impersonal, you can't really know him. Well, along about that time, my grandmother gave me a living Bible, of all things, and I got a case, and I put it in it, and I slipped it under my pillow, and I would lay there in my bedroll, and just before it got dark, try to read a little bit about it or in it and uh, but somebody come walking by I'd hide it you know I didn't want anybody to see it but um, for a couple of three years I would navigate around through it and I didn't know it at all but I'd find uh, I remember I found the love chapter chapter uh, 13 and uh, you know, what love is. Everybody reads that one. But anyway, I uh, I got to, uh, because of the influence I was around, I got into things that I shouldn't have gotten into, drinking a little too much and running around and all. And long story short of it, um, after seeing everything that I got to see, beautiful country in Montana, New Mexico, Oregon, um, the mountains of West Texas, I knew something was missing in my life. And I had taken a job on a ranch uh, riding horses and training them. Uh, they were already broke. I was just training on them uh, to be good roping horses and cutting horses and those kind of things. And I had an old TV in the bunkhouse, and I was watching one night, and Billy Graham came on. And I listened. And for about three or four nights, I listened. And then on a, it was a Saturday night, he uh, was on again. I can't recall his message, but I do recall 
what he said, and he was looking right at me through that television screen and pointed his finger, and it was like that finger came right out at me, and he said, and you, sitting in your chair in the living room, if you will repent of your sin, kneel down, get up out of your chair, and kneel down right there in your living room floor and ask Jesus to come into your heart and to save you, he will do it, and he'll forgive you. Well, by that time in my life, I had several things to be very guilty of. And I knew that sin was rebellion against God, and I knew that in my heart. And I got up out of my chair, knelt down, and I asked God to forgive me. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me. And he did. And as Billy Graham always used to say at the conclusion of his message, he'd say, and go to church next Sunday. And so I did. I found a church in Big Spring, Texas, and went. And that pastor, he gave a message, and in part of it, he uh, he said that there was a young man died in a one-car accident uh, night before, headed to a rodeo in Amarillo, turned his vehicle over, killed him. And he said, the bad thing about it was last night, I uh, visited with him, visited with him about Jesus. And he said, oh, no, I... I know about Jesus, but I've got too much life to live. I gotta, I gotta get to the next rodeo. Well, he said he didn't make it to that next rodeo. He got killed last night. And boy, when he said that, that just stabbed me in the heart. And I went forward in the church before he gave the invitation. Uh, even though I had knelt down the night before. And so when I got up front, he wanted to know, what are you here for? And I said, I just want to make sure I'm saved. If if I die in an automobile accident, I want to make sure I go to heaven. And so we visited a little bit, and he prayed for me. I prayed again. And, and over the next several months, I visited several other churches, and I went forward several times. I just wanted to make sure I was saved. But uh, that changed my life. Not that I was seeking to change it, although I knew something was missing in my life. God was missing. Jesus was missing. The Word of God was missing. But the Lord wanted to change me. And I, um, over the, it didn't all happen overnight, but over the next two or three years, I uh, came to the conclusion that I wasn't supposed to drink anymore, and I quit. I haven't drank since. Quit tobacco. And uh, after... About two years, three years later, got married and 
we went to work on a ranch and uh, that's where we uh, our family started and uh, Justin uh, who's here today and and uh, my younger son Tell they were both born there and that's where we started attending church and the main thing I'll have to say wasn't attending church it was the fact that somehow God directed me to a Christian bookstore there in Midland that was run by a man who was an old preacher and he guided me to study books uh, Haley's Bible Handbook and the Moody Handbook of Theology and and things like that and a King James uh, Ryrie Study Bible I later got a New King James Ryrie still still teach from it still read it still study it got have had several over the years but he taught me how to begin studying on my own and I began filling in for the pastor some did a horrible job of teaching the scripture just a horrible job but my heart was willing and ended up getting uh, uh, the support of lots of folks and ended up going off to Bible College, Calvary Chapel Bible School in those days up at Twin Peaks, California. Graduated from there, came back to West Texas, was given a scholarship to attend Southwestern Seminary there in Fort Worth. I went and graduated from there. Um, all the Bible college really did and seminary was acquaint me with more study books, with a, a better idea of what was out there in the world and the opportunities and those kind of things. Um Graduated from Southwestern, ended up pastoring a little church that we started in uh, up in Nebraska. Ended up back out at the same Bible school in California as a teacher. And then I came back home to the ranch and uh, where my family was there in West Texas. And we started a church, a Bible study in our home. It grew into a church and uh, pastored that for, oh, what was it, 27 years? I believe so. And um, that was on, until about three and a half years ago when I had a massive heart attack and couldn't, uh, could no longer serve as pastor uh, just almost didn't get to serve in any capacity doing anything, but the Lord spared my life, and, and uh, here I am today. But the uh, main thing is that that night in that living room, when I gave my heart to Jesus, it radically changed me. 
um, I'm not saying that uh, going to church every Sunday was what really changed me. Uh, being in church, it wasn't. It was the study of the Word of God. And the Spirit of God used the Word of God to make me a man of God. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. The thing that, that grabs me through your whole story, too, is that, you know, uh, a lot of people will, will say, you know, oh, I've known God forever. And, of course, as soon as I hear that, I always think, well, man, uh, they're missing something. But the thing in your story is that you were definitely born a sinner, just as the Bible says, and that you realized you were missing something. You really don't need a, a, a pastor to tell you. And I think that's the thing with most people's testimonies that always grabs me, is a pastor may tell you you're missing something, but you already know you're missing something before they ever mention that there's a there's that hole in your heart that we'll say and uh so that to me is the the classical thing you look for uh in in a a changed life is that you were looking for something and you didn't even know what it was but when you found it you latched onto it and then that's the other mark of somebody who's made a real commitment to the lord is uh, what I was listening to is your life wasn't perfect afterwards. Uh, you've had a lot of trials and challenges and all of that, but your determination that Jesus Christ was going to be in the middle of your life was made, and then th- there was no turning back. And t- to me, that just uh, it proves to me what you read in Scripture. Uh, you know, Romans ten thirteen. whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that, that verse to me never meant like, well, you're saved if you want to be for a little while. And then you can always drop that and go back to what you were doing. That's the, the backslider and heart like that is somebody who hasn't really given your life to the Lord. And maybe time tells um, what kind of person you are. But when I hear a story like that, I'm... It always is encouraging to me because I think, well, this is a real story. You were actually searching. It wasn't a haphazard decision. But then the rest of your life, it's aimed in one direction. Mm-hmm. and uh, But not problem-free. And that's the other fallacy, I think, that I hear almost weekly out in, in Christendom, the just Christians and church talk, is uh, how victorious everybody is when they come to the Lord. And... Um, I would say the same, you know, is, is true for me, which I won't get into me this time. But it, it's your life is up and down, but Jesus is that standard, and once He's there, thank goodness, He'll He'll never forsake us or leave us. That's and, right. Um, and that is so comforting to know that Jesus won't forsake us, because uh, Jan, my wife. Uh, of uh, almost 40 years now uh, she certainly knows how many so-called friends have forsaken us and um, one of the things that uh, really really affected me 
before I was a Christian, I worked for a man uh, for about six months, uh, two brothers, and I was around him. He was an older fellow at that time. I say older, he, he was in his, you know, near 60 years old, which I'm over 60 now, so <laughs> that puts it in perspective. But I was around him most days for six months, and he, he was a nice man, a kind man, a gentle man. He was a good hand with horses. He rode good horses, and and uh, an exceptionally good hand with everything, good roping. Uh, he uh, even uh, competed some earlier in life with cutting horses and did well. And But he never once invited me to church, and he never once told me about Jesus. I left. And went through a series of bad things in my life, and we uh, years later we started attending church there in Midland, and I'll be there. This man was. He walked up, shook my hand, greeted me, welcomed me into church, and all. And I asked him, based on my own experience of how I came to the Lord and all. I said, well, how long have you been a Christian? And he's, he just basically uh, said, well, he had always been one. But uh, I knew that wasn't true because what Justin was just explaining. And I said, so you were a believer. You're, you're saying you were a believer back several years ago when I worked for you. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't reprimand him in respect for who he was and older man and all. But I made a decision that I will never be around anyone very long without letting them know about Jesus, about telling them my story. He had opportunity after opportunity and failed to say anything. And I decided that I'm going to tell everybody that I can about Jesus. I'm not going to tell them about the church, because the church will fail you. I'm not going to tell you about the programs and the organizations and those kind of things, but I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Yeah. And um, Church was never the message it was the vehicle the vehicle to tell us all about jesus yeah Yeah, exactly well yeah and that's the i I always love talking more about testimony than i do anything because it's taking the word of god and saying how does this actually look in somebody's life and that's the other mark that uh, i see as you're sharing your story you know you, you only share really with other people what you yourself believe in Mm -hmm. and uh for you to get saved and then instantly want to get out there and start telling people about jesus in in whatever form you had you said it was rough uh beginning but i mean who isn't when it's when you're starting but there was there's no quitting and it's it's sort of like when you read in the gospels about paul and some of these guys 
just when you read a story, I would say, Paul, why didn't you quit? And there was no reason for him not to. He was he was uh, in tribulations and perils and all this stuff happening in his life, but he, he never quit because he knew that the Jesus he met, uh, the same as you're sharing in your life, that he was real mm-hmm. and that he changed his life. And so why wouldn't you want to tell everybody else uh, of that story? And that's what we're doing here. I mean, it's, it's, we're setting down to tell, uh, tell the world uh, personal stories of, uh, you know, what Jesus has done in our life. And it's why we do everything that we do, and including uh, this podcast, just to tell other people that may or may not be in a church. Because, uh, again, I, I, I uh, vehemently agree with you that the church is not the pinnacle of the Christian experience. It is only a vehicle. Jesus even said, you know, to uh, Peter, he said, uh, because he said, who do you say that I am? And he said, you're Jesus Christ. You're the son of God, the Messiah. And he said, okay, it's on that that I'm going to build my church. And it was on the statement, the statement that we're going to build a church. In other words, we're going to build a group of people out of those who have decided, I believe in Jesus. It changes your life. So, uh, well, uh, we're about out of time today. Um, Next time we'll get together. We'll we'll kind of pick up here again and just talk um, some more about us. I think it helps, you know, everybody listening just to know who we are, where we come from, and uh, to be able to, uh, you know, send in questions. We're just people, and uh, we're really just guys that are doing all of this out of a deep desire uh, that's stretched out over many years to let other people know about Jesus Christ. We're not trying to embellish. Uh, we're not trying to build it into more than it is. But truly, uh, our lives have never been the same since we got real with Jesus Christ. Thank you.